This subject we're going to look at tonight, and we'll do it in two parts, so the programs won't be that long. I'd like to say that I know more about it than I do, and it's always a mistake to get up, they say, and admit that you're not an expert in a particular area. But this is the first time in... I th- oh, yeah, by the way, children, you can go with Auntie Diane. She's got a little program down there for you. This, this is a subject, would you believe it? What did I graduate in? 1990. So this is a subject that I have never preached in, how many years is that? 16 or 17 years. But when I thought about it, when I thought about our, our midweek worship service, I thought what a great subject to look at because what I'm trying to do and what the speakers are trying to do, and we've got a number of very exciting speakers coming in for this midweek service. Uh, we've got um, Barry, Dr Barry Wright coming in doing a, a two-night series on the Reformation. He's just been right through Europe. That will be fascinating. We've got Berend, what's new... Stratton, a dynamic lay preacher from the fountain in the city, coming in to do a four-part series on the great religions of the world in November. We have Pastor Dwight Nelson coming in to do a four-night series here at Warunga. Did you know that? And one of them will be this midweek worship service. And so the reason we're trying to bring different people in and we're, is we're trying to encourage you to come because it's worthwhile coming. And I don't want to come here tonight over the next two weeks and preach. I'd rather discuss and teach. So I'm going to try to, to stand by that, that, uh, that goal of mine and I just want to share with you and I hope you leave here tonight knowing more about the new age and the impact the new age is having on our world and next week we're going to look at the impact the new age is having upon the Christian church and it's very sobering and when I studied this subject it, 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 it concluded in my heart again, it convicted me again that surely, surely we must be about to see Jesus come. There are such huge things happening as you see the forces of darkness preparing for the great battle and praise God, and you're seeing it in this church, the forces of light. Amen? They're also gathering and we are going to see some real action, I believe, in the next year or two. The New Age Agenda. What is the New Age? I thought I'd start uh, this little discussion tonight by asking that question. And it's a good question, isn't it? Because people... They spray this term around everywhere. And this is not a term I got anywhere except from my own study and conclusions. It is a new term for a very, very old movement. The movement is paganism. Paganism or heathenism is the worship, in the end, you want to take the curtain away altogether, it is worship of the devil. It leads people away from Christianity and it is rooted, and this is an important point that will become much clearer next week, it is rooted in the senses. The New Age movement will attack, it will seduce your senses. What do I mean by your senses? Huh? Your sight? Your hearing? What else? Have we got any other senses? Touch? The New Age movement will attack your senses. It will seduce 
your senses and you'll see a little bit of that tonight. The practice of paganism presents itself in many forms and guises. However, its aim is to lead people away from Jesus. Sorry. However, its aim to lead people away from Jesus is consistent through every practice. It is a system of belief, and this is important, that is self-centred. Watch Christianity. Well, Christ-centred and what? Outward-centred. I would, I would challenge you tonight that one of the struggles the Christian church in the West is having is it has become too self-centred. We are worried about our worship service. We are worried about our church. We are worried about the development of our congregation when what we should really be worried about, I guess, is the community out there that's crying out for Jesus. Let's move on. I want to share with you just briefly tonight seven tenets or seven points or seven factors of the new age. You know, I am very busy at the moment. I've never been so busy in ministry as I am right now. As I said to you right at the beginning, I'm really struggling to keep up, but I'm enjoying it immensely. Never enjoyed ministry as much as I have here at Wurunga right now, and I'm not just saying that. And I wanted to give you a handout tonight, but you know, if you have a piece of paper and you have a pen, you ought to write these down, because this will give you just a snapshot of what the new age is. Well, the first thing I want to tell you about the new age tonight at the believe this movement that is sweeping the world, which is paganism in a sophisticated disguise. And we'll find out more about what that disguise is in the not-too-distant future. Number one, Jesus is not the only God. In fact, Jesus is not the Christ or the Messiah. That's the first, if you want to, fundamental belief of the New Age movement. Jesus is not the only God. Jesus is a God. Jesus is a Christ. Jesus is a Messiah. But so too are you. And so too was Buddha. And so too was Abraham. And so too can anybody be out there in the world today if they so choose. Now right from the beginning there's a problem there, isn't it? Because Satan himself, when he attacked Jesus before the world was created, what was he attacking him in and what was he attacking him with? It was Jesus, you are not the what? You are not the Son of God. You are not God. And so this is a very old deception. Number, oh, oh, we better look at these. The New Age believes that Jesus is a reincarnate spirit sent from the hierarchy, whoever, they, uh, whoever that is. Further, they maintain that Christ is also Buddha, and I've already just shared this with you, Muhammad, Confucius and many other Christ. They believe that Jesus is a manifestation of Christ equal to Abraham, Moses, Krishna, Zoroastrian, Bab and Bahalula. He's the founder of the Baha'i faith. In, in, in other words, all these great men, or so-called great men of history, can be called Jesus, they can be called Christ, they can be called God. Interesting, isn't it? So there's your first tenet. Number two, I found this interesting. Man or men should seek and accept spiritual instruction and, di- and direction directly from the spirit world. This is a tenet, this is a, a, a fundamental belief of the new age. Can you see the danger there? Who does God tell us to seek? Him. But the new age says, go and seek instruction directly from the spirit world. And that's what people are doing. And look, I want to tell you that it just baffles me, it staggers me that there are so many people out there who believe in evolution. Because if you're not having an experience with Christ, 
you can still be convinced very quickly that there is a spirit world, am I right? Out there everywhere, people are coming into contact with spirits from the other side and it is real. And it is being promoted and it is being pushed by the New Age movement, which was a conglomerate, which is, which is an alliance of hundreds of different pagan movements that are alive in the world today. They get directions from a psychic or a channeler, a palm reader, a card reader, Ouija boards, astrology, magic, charming, automatic writing or the spirit of a dead friend or relative. And this is a serious thing and I want to tell you tonight in this church, if you've come here and you're experiencing any of this in your life, you are in great danger and you need to flee from this as quickly as you can. In fact, you need to do more than that. You need to get help from an elder or a pastor in the church, whether it's in this church or or the church you belong to. Thirdly, the ancient wisdom of Babylon, Egypt and Greece. Not the Bible is the basis of all truth. What, what, What were Greece, Babylon and Egypt? What sort of countries were they? They were immersed in what? Heathen. Paganism. You can look at the different... Tell me if you know it. Who was the great... Give me one, some names of the great gods of Babylon. Sim, yeah. Simiramis. How did you say it? I, was, I suspect you're right. Uh, over here? Well, yeah, that's true. Nebuchadnezzar considered himself a god. Ever heard of Dagon? He's a Babylonian. What about the Egyptians? Horus, Isis, what was that other one? Ra. We've all heard of Ra, haven't we? Uh, uh, These are uh, pagan gods which were real entities in the Bible. And if we had more time, I'd take you to Exodus. And when, when Moses was before Pharaoh and he threw his rod down on the ground, what happened? And when, the, when Pharaoh's magicians, his soothsayers, his wizards, when they threw their rods down on the ground, what happened? They became also what? There was real power in the heathen pagan gods that these nations worshipped. Praise God, what did Moses or God's snakes do to, 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 to Ra's snakes? Ate them up. And I think there was a message in that. And the king should have, right from the beginning, realised he was up against a god that was greater than his. But these were real gods. Of course, not really real gods, they were real satanic demons. And the ancient wisdom of these pagan nations is where the new age in the 21st century goes to get its inspiration, to get its guidance and to get its direction. So the new age movement, and I'll say it again, is nothing more than the old age movement of pagan heathenism. Number four, God is impersonal, oh sorry, impersonal, He is a cosmic, a God of energy forces. And I put there, all things including man constitute the one. In other words, Jesus, Abraham, Buddha, Allah, you, together, all together, we constitute the the one or the divine presence or, or the divine force. All things, including man, constitute the one called universal mind or called the universal source or called the universal self or the cosmic conscience or the universal presence or the force. In other words, God is not necessarily a real being. He is a force. 
and you can be a part of it. In other words, again, they're saying, you can be God. A kind of what Satan through the snake told Adam and Eve in the garden, didn't he? He said, you can know the difference between good and evil. You can be like God. God is a, an impersonal energy, a force. As such, he can be referred to either as she or he, mother or father, God or goddess. Do not be deceived, I've said here. New ages do not mean God or Christ of the Bible when referring to these entities or these forces. And often when you're discussing with people who are caught in the New Age movement, they'll say, yes, I love Jesus. Yes, Jesus is very much a part of my life. Yes, yes, I follow the Bible, but in reality they don't because they're they're twisted with their concepts and their understanding of who God and especially who Jesus is. So New Ages do not mean God or Christ or the Bible when referring to these entities. They hold to the belief that Mother Earth, the Sun, the Moon and the Stars, indeed all of nature can be worshipped as God. In fact, as I'll say it again, everything together can make up God together or as itself. Well, I hope I'm not getting too theological here tonight. Man himself, number five, is God. In fact, that's where it all leads to. You can be God. Uh, number six, all religions are equal and lead to the same goal. And you would have heard this. Hey, look, nothing wrong with Islam. If you want to be a Buddhist, you be a Buddhist. That's fine. As long as it's, it's blessing you, it's going to lead you to the same God as a Christian God. Now, you can be a Muslim, that's fine, or, or a Christian, or you can be an Adventist, or you can be a Mormon, you can be a Jehovah Witness. It doesn't really matter. It all leads to, it's a different road, but it all leads to the same God. Have you heard that, have you heard that sort of stuff before? Well, that's new age. That's what the devil's saying. Number seven, sin and evil do not exist. Of course the devil wants us to believe that, doesn't he? Sin and evil do not exist. Peace and love are the ultimate realities. Of course, the problem is if sin and evil doesn't exist, then we have a problem with the law, not just God's law, the law of the land, because if sin and evil doesn't exist, why should someone be put in in jail for murder or rape? Or why should a pedophile be locked away for 30 years if sin and evil doesn't exist? It, it, It doesn't make sense, but you've got to remember the new age is powered by a lawless force. And that is Satan himself. So there you have the, the basic seven tenets of the new age. A little bit like the Ten Commandments there. They are interrelated. They do interact with each other. But these are the pillars that the new age movement stands on. The aim of the new age movement, look at this. One of the most appalling aspects of the new age movement is that they seek to totally obliterate Christianity and all that hold to its teachings. They are endeavouring in every way possible to influence our civilisation to come over to their way of thinking. They generate multitudes of never-ending, diversified variations of the New Age theme. Then they mutate a good portion of these variations into a more widely acceptable, less obvious New Age and less bizarre and foreboding uh, um, forms. You've seen television. You, you, You ought to stop and next week I'll bring you a copy of these seven pillars of the New Age. You ought to stop when I bring it to you next week and have a look at these seven pillars and then have a look at the television you're watching and have a look at the assault on your minds by the New Age movement through media, through television, through movies, through music. There is an assault on your mind like has never been in the history of the world 
And I say it many times in this church as I I preach from the front, if ever there was a time that people of God, and that's you, need to be in a deep relationship with Jesus, it's now because never before have you been assaulted like you're being assaulted by Satan. And I I want to tell you the new age is foremost in this. And it impacts all of us because we all have TV, we all turn it on, we all watch it at some time or another. The New Age movement believes that we are now entering the age of Aquarius. Have you heard that? I grew up, I don't know whether I should admit this, but I did grow up in the 70s, you know that? Some of us grew up in the 50s, perhaps some of us in the 40s, but the 70s seems a long time ago. And there was this song, do any of you know this song, The Age of Aquarius? Do you know it or is it just me? Who knows it? Ah, there's a few people here. I know you know it too, George. It, 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 it's, it's rolling over in my mind right now as I speak to you. Uh, the, the age of Aquarius or, or the age that we're going into is a very special age and it's referred to by the New Age movement almost universally as the New Dawn or the New Age of Aquarius. It is based on astrology. Do you know what astrology is? We're going to look at it a bit more in a moment but it's looking at the stars and having the stars and their movements through the heavens guide your life. And the way the stars are aligned at the moment, New Ages say, of course, under the satanic influence of Satan, that the world is now entering the age of Aquarius. It is based on astrology and it has developed into a sophisticated form suitable for contemporary society. And if you don't believe it, go into a doctor's surgery and open the new idea when you're waiting to go to the doctor. Like I did again just the other day when my little daughter had a needle. Wow, you should have seen Danae when she got her needle the other day. Whew. She just blew up and the whole sand, I think, must have wondered whether we were killing the baby down there at the bottom because she just blew up. And I've never seen her scream so hard. But you know, there was a, a new idea and a, a woman's weekly and I opened those new idea and I opened those woman's weekly. These are magazines, the biggest selling magazines for women, perhaps men too, in Australia today. And what are they full of? Page after page, what are they full of? The stars. I've said to you before, I, 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 have two daughters, Hannah who turns eight on May 13 next week and Danae who's four and turns five on November four or five, five I think, at the end of the year. So seriously do I, do I, do, 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 do I run from any of this that I, and I don't want you to come up and tell me after, after tonight, I'll be very disappointed and not happy at all, but I don't know their star signs. But I bet every one of you do. Is anyone here tonight that doesn't know their star sign? Anyone who doesn't? There you go. It is having an impact on it. It is sophisticated. How can sophisticated Australians living in the 21st century open the new idea and and direct their day by by what they read in the new idea about what a star sign says, about what a witch writes down, about what's going to happen to you? But we do it. Do we not? Have Have you all got friends? that read their star signs? Have you not yourself at some stage sat down and read a star sign and then something happens to you that day and it kind of fits in and you scratch your head and say, oh, I wonder. It's deceptive. And this sophisticated world we live in is, is buying it. I just want to read this to you, Isaiah 47. And this is talking about star signs and witches and wizards and channelers that read the stars looking to the future. 
Isaiah says, but without warning. Well, this is God actually talking to Israel who was into this very same practice. But without warning, God says, disaster will strike. He says, your magic charms won't help you then. Look at this. Keep using your magic powers, he says, and your charms as you've always done. Maybe, just maybe, you'll frighten somebody. God's almost mocking Israel here. You have worn yourself out asking for advice from those who study the stars and tell the future month after month. Go ask them how to be saved from what will happen. I believe this is not only for Israel, it's for our world. Like Israel was approaching disaster back in the days of Isaiah, the Babylonian captivity, so this world is, is, is facing disaster. Interest rates have gone up today. Everybody's unsteady, unsure. And the Bible says, and God says, you've worn yourself out. He's talking to our world. He's talking to Sydney. Maybe he's talking to us tonight. You've worn yourself out asking for advice from those who study the stars until the future month after month. Go ask them how to be saved from the end of time because they won't know. That's what God says. People who trust stars are as helpless as straw in a flaming fire. No one can even keep warm sitting by a fire that is fed on straw only. You can see God's not happy with this. These are the fortune tellers you've done business with all your life, but they don't know where they are going and they can't save you. And that's the whole point. It is madness to go searching in the occult for your future. In fact, God says when you're searching, you should be searching through who? The Bible and him. We're running out of time. So what is the meaning of the age of Aquarius? Let's do this quickly. Can you see that picture there? You have a picture of a man with, and this will impact where we're going next week. And he's got a, can you see it or not? He's, what's he holding? Can you see it better now? He's holding a water pot. And he's pouring water out onto the ground that's forming kind of a river, but it's encircling around him and perhaps around the world everywhere. Can you see that? The age of Aquarius means simply that it doesn't matter what you believe. In fact, all the religions of the world can be put into that water pot and when they're all poured out together, united, they will be a blessing to the world. Can you see that? That's what the age of Aquarius means. Want me to say that again? Because that should make a difference to you as a Seventh-day Adventist. The age of Aquarius says that all the religions, all the different movements, Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, they all together will be put into a pot together. They will be stirred up. They'll be poured out together. A great ecumenical movement that will encircle the globe and bring peace and prosperity. This, this. Do you like that? This, this. I don't know why I did that. Sometimes you do funny things when you're getting old. This is to be an era of unity, love and religious brotherhood among humanity. This is the age they are telling us is upon us. The underlying idea of the new age is one of ecumenism, a one world global society. The ramifications of this concept in the light of Bible prophecy are huge. Do you get a feel of it now or not? Can you get a feel of it? It is the stated goal of the age of Aquarius to make witchcraft 
and magic mainstream. Now, I'm going to close this in a minute, but I want to ask you, do you think tonight, as we sit here, that witchcraft, and and I'm talking about dark magic, I'm not talking about a, a magician pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Do you think that witchcraft and satanic magic is becoming mainstream? Am I... Am I perhaps pushing you too much tonight to say that? Do you think it is? Heard of Harry Potter? Heard of Lord of the Rings? Have you gone and had a look at some of the lives of the musicians that we listen to? Or some of the stars from Hollywood that are into the occult and advancing their cause? Are you watching television and seeing some of the... What are some of the television programs out there today that are advancing witchcraft and magic? Charmed? What's that one about the two boys that go around? Supernatural? Is there anything else that you can think of offhand? Ghost Whisperer? That is... That Ghost Whisperer is frightening. I watched 10 minutes of it a, a few months ago when it first came out and I came home one night... It's frightening. You're talking about occultic practices on television. Some of you might have heard a sermon I preached on that not long ago where they actually have a ghost on the set of ghost whisperers. That's scary. It's becoming mainstream. In fact, you go out there into the community, sometimes unfortunately even to the Christian community, and you try and make a stand against Harry Potter with children. Have you ever tried it? Who's tried it? What happens? I don't want to know about it. They think you're mad. But you go and have a look. Well, I don't encourage you to look. If you have a look at what Harry Potter is advancing, it's undiluted satanic witchcraft. And it is the aim of the Age of Aquarius to make witchcraft and magic mainstream. If you don't believe it, look at this statement, and this is from a witch. Astrologically speaking, we are one third of the way through the twelfth house of the Piscean Age. At the end of this house we enter the Aquarian Age. This is then the eve of the Age of Aquarius and it is one of general unrest, of dissatisfaction, particularly with religion and of searching for inner peace. Is he right so far? Well, partly. There has over the past four or five years been, and this is just written recently, been a tremendous rebirth of interest in the occult. Yes, there has been. Turn your television on, switch your radio on. A veritable renaissance of thinking. Younger people, I'm glad to see young people here tonight, have realised that they do not have to follow tradition, that they are able and should be able to think for themselves. Well, amen to that. People are looking critically at religion. Yes, they are. Refusing to accept a particular religion just because it was of their parents and their parents before them. And if you don't believe that, you better have a look at the Adventist church because we have more young people out of it than we have in it. They are not accepting in our church, let alone out there in Christianity, necessarily the religion of their parents. I didn't. I had to find God for myself before I came back here. There is this constant searching by young and old alike. You better believe there is. It is in this searching that so many people discover the wicked or witchcraft and, they re- and the reaction is invariably, look what he says, the reaction is invariably one of joyous relief. But this is what I've been looking for, they say. That's from Raymond Buckland, Buckland's complete book of witchcraft, page 206. People are finding witchcraft and they're being released. They're finding freedom. They're finding joy. They're finding peace when they should be finding it with who? 
And we have an entire society out there, many hundreds of thousands of people here in Sydney who are experiencing exactly what this witch says they are. Oh, if ever there was a time for us to share Jesus, it's now. It is claimed that people today are finally discovering that witchcraft was the way to go all along. The only difference between the old age and the new age is that in olden days there were obvious witches and wizards but today you might see a witch posing as a psychic fortune teller or a new ager with crystals or yet another practising yoga and eastern meditation. Most of them just don't usually claim to be witches and some do not even realise they are into spiritualism, the occult and witchcraft. In fact, you know what? I wrote a letter to a witch today that I've been talking to on the internet who claims that she's a Christian witch. And I said to her, there can be no such thing. It's an oxymoron. And you know the problem I've got is she doesn't take the Bible as her base. And if you don't take the Bible as your base, it's very difficult to tell a witch who's claiming to be a Christian that she's not a Christian. Because our base is what? The Word. One of the key approaches of the modern New Age movement is its reliance on stars for guidance. We've talked about this. In the ancient Egyptian and Babylonian religious belief system, one spirit supposedly went up to occupy a star at the time of death. Did you know that? Have you seen Disneyland? I'm not knocking Disneyland, but have you, have you seen it? When I wish upon a star, makes no difference where I are. Is that how it goes? Da 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 da. There's occultic, dare I say, foundations to that song. Then these spirits who are in the stars, now residing in the stars and planets, supposedly control the fate of those who are still living on Earth. That's where it comes from. These spirits now residing in the stars and the planets supposedly control the fate of those who are still living upon the earth. Whatever position that the planets held in relation to the sun was the determining factor of what people on the earth could expect to happen in their future. And do you know that in the past that these star worshippers were involved in human sacrifice as they, as, they, as they pled with the gods, their ancestors in the stars, to give them guidance and direction? Oh, I could go on tonight but we need to finish and I'm going to take this further next week and I think it just gets more fascinating. But I want to finish with this text because God says, and when they say to you, and this is a challenge for us as Christians, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter. Don't you like this? Should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? And tonight as we finish this, I want to advance to you Jesus Christ. Isn't he wonderful? Aren't you glad you serve him? You need to start... We all need to start to make purposeful steps in our lives to ensure that we are avoiding the new age, that we are staying away from witchcraft in all its forms. We should not be found watching these programs on television. If you're in a movie theatre and new age themes, spiritualism, the occult comes up, you should get up and you should walk out. If you're listening to music and the authors and the singers of this music, are, and it doesn't take much these days to find out where, our, where our, our musicians come from and what they believe. You've just got to type their names into the internet. You'll get it very quickly. We, we need to throw those CDs out. We need to get rid of those DVDs in our homes. That, you know, we, there should not be in an Adventist home even a whiff of Harry Potter. There should not be in a Seventh-day Adventist Christian home anything to do with Lord of the Rings or any sort of that nonsensical garbage It has no place in our lives. It has no place in our homes because we are a people of God. He says, do not entertain yourself with this. Do not long for it. Don't even look for it. The time you're spending in that, he says, you should be spending seeking God. And I want to tell you from experience that seeking God 
and having his presence in your life is one of the sweetest, well it is the sweetest experience a human being can have. And I want to recommend Jesus and that experience to you tonight. Let's pray. Sovereign God of the heavens, we are being assaulted on every side. Our senses are being assaulted, are being attacked by the devil. He's using disguise, manipulation. He seduces us. And sometimes, Lord, we're inadvertently taken in. But I pray, God, tonight that you will give us wisdom that can only come from you, that you'll give us guidance and that you'll give us direction and that we'll be a people that will seek you and none other. You are our God. We will bow down to no other. We will serve you and we will wait faithfully until you come, Jesus. That is our promise. That is our stand tonight in your name. Amen. Next week we're going to look at the impact of the new age on the Christian church and its role at the end of time. I want to invite you to come back and bring your friends because they can pick up on this second program. You need to see the first one to understand the second one. Other than that, have a very happy night. Remember Brendan in your prayers and when you pray tonight, thank God because he put us on television. God bless you.